Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Welcome, guys. It's Mother's Day. All right, mamas, are you happy? You're here, right? Maybe some of you. So at the end of service, we, we, yeah, we have some gifts. Uh, I think we have enough for all women. Um, and so we have some cupcakes from Back Home Bakery. We just want to bless, bless you guys today and just say thank you for just being mom. You know, I say this every year. It's probably an old joke, but I'll still say it because I'm the dad, so dad joke time. Now, if it wasn't for your mama, you wouldn't be here, right? Literally. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll swap. We're good. Um, so I, I do like, I, I like Mother's Day. I like all the holidays. And particularly, thank you, uh, particularly more than anything, I like it because of the memes. <laughs> Are you some meme people in here? Not mean, meme, M-E-M-E. So I want to share some mom day memes with you, if that's okay. Now, I had to go look and find some that were appropriate for church. That was hard. But I see you. So I want to share some some memes with you. Go and throw the first one up there. I've never wrestled a bear, but I have pulled a splinter from a two-year-old finger. <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. I love that one. That was good. This next one's hilarious, too. When I see another mom with their screaming two-year-old in the store, you, you look each other in the eyes. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What's up next? Being the parent of a toddler. All the moms get it. All the dads like, I don't get it. Yeah. They're attached to you. All right. Next one. Before kids, <laughs> after kids, yeah. it's truth, it's truth. That's my favorite, I think. All right, next one. My mother, me, random girl I mentioned, I mentioned once. Moms, you know, you're a matchmaker. Uh, yeah, we, we, we probably do that to our kids a little too much. All right, next one. When someone asks what you did all day. That's a death sentence, guys, okay? Just wanting you to know that. All right, next. When you tell your child not to touch something. That, that's true. All right, next one. Your mom at home. Your mom in public. Yes. Oh, man. Is that the last one? Is there another one? There's one more. All right, one more. Mom, I'm sick. Thermometer, he's sick. Doctor, he's sick. Mom, is he, though? Right. Did he go sit on the toilet? <laughs> you know. That's our house, you know. Oh, man. I love. Yeah, you're welcome. I got you. I got y'all. I got y'all, ladies. Oh, man. You know, I'm so thankful for the women in my life that were able to pour into me, that were able to give me moments of clarity. Uh, my own mother, she was a praying mom. I never walked into her praying very often, but I know she was a praying mother. I know that she prayed for me fervently. I know that she 
wanted the best in me, and she wanted me to walk in God's ways, and she wanted me to truly and fully know God. Like most of you moms who have had a relationship with Christ, you want your kids to grow and to know Jesus. You want them to be more in love with Jesus than you are. And my mom was one of those people who prayed for me, and she still prays for me. She calls me sometimes, and she texts me. She goes, hey, I'm just praying for you today. I'm praying for you today. It's those people in your life. It's those moms, not just physical moms, but spiritual moms that make such a difference in your life. And today, we, we celebrate women, especially moms, and not just our physical mothers, like I said, but also our spiritual mothers, the mothers of our faith, the women that fought for us. There's so many women uh, even in my, even when I started ministry that poured into my life, that, that, that told me some truth, that were able to sit down with me and pray for me and, and speak life into me. I think of a, of, a, of a woman that I looked up to so much in this church, and she doesn't go here very often, but when she gets here, her name is Lena. Lena was a woman of God. She still is. She sees things from an outside perspective that I cannot see. See, these women of God, they see things that we cannot see, and they're able to speak truth into our lives. One particular time, I was really tired, really wore out, really angry, and I just came to Lena. She goes, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. She goes, what's going on? I said, I'm just angry all the time. I don't know why I'm angry all the time. I'm just mad at the world. I'm mad at the situation. I'm mad at life. And she sits down, and she just puts her hand on my shoulder, and she, just, she goes, you're not angry. You're hungry. And I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't hungry physically. I was hungry spiritually. She, she spoke that truth into me. It was like light bulb. I'm like, oh, I am. I'm hungry for more of God. I'm angry because I'm, I feel like I'm settled where I'm at. And she was able to speak that life into me. I don't know how, about, how many of you have those women in your life. I know I hear stories from people that tell me about these godly women that prophesy into their life and speak into their life and, and share God with them and pray for them. I'm so thankful for those women. To be a church, guys, to be a church with strong men is great, and it's powerful. There's nothing like it. But to be a church with strong men and strong women standing side by side, that's an unstoppable force. Absolutely. And I want to I encourage you women, and this is, this is very much geared toward women today, but men, you need to listen too, because there's a lot you can glean from this message. I'm speaking straight to the hearts of women today, but I'm also speaking to men. I want you to listen to this clearly today. God has called you for a specific reason and a specific purpose. God has called you women to rise up and to take your position on the walls. You have a right to this faith and ministry just as much as men do. God has called you women to step up and step out. But so many of us, we fail to do that because we're afraid or we're unsure or we don't know our place and we don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, women, you have a place. You have a purpose. You have a you have a destiny that God wants you to walk into. I'm so thankful for, for women that stepped up and said, you know what, I'm going to join this, this mentorship program that we're putting on with the youth here. They said, I'll step up. I'll be a spiritual mom. I'm so thankful for you who have done that. Thank you for doing that. And I just want to say thank you for pouring into the next generation for these kids. They need spiritual moms. They need people outside of their own relationship, parental relationship that can speak life into them. If my mother would have told me what Lena told me, I wouldn't have listened to her. But Lena had that authority to speak that into my life. And so I'm thankful for women who, who, who know who they are in God. And I think I'm so thankful for women who know how to war. Women who know how to fight the good fight. No, women who know how to break down strongholds. 
one of those women I'm going to backdrop this whole message with today is Deborah and Deborah's counterpart, JL. I'm going to talk about those two people and how God used them in a powerful way. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Judges chapter four. And we're going to be in Judges chapter four. We're going to start in verse one. And we're going to talk about Deborah and then we're going to talk about JL and her place and her and what God used her for. So a little backdrop, Israel was being tormented by by King Jabin of Hazor. He was a Canaanite. He was really just destroying the people. He was mean to them. He was beating them up. He was oppressing them for 20 years, oppressing them. He was keeping them down. And so after Ehud's death, verse, verse 1, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Heresheth Hagonim. Sisera, who had, he had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. And then arose this woman of war, Deborah. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet or a prophetess who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent a word, she sent for Barak, son of Abinam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. She calls out Barak, and then she tells Barak to call out men. She says, Barak, go call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jamin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. You notice that Deborah calls out Barak. She tells Barak, call out 10,000 men. And she says, I'm going to call out King Jabin. I'm going to call out Sisera to come fight. What a powerful woman. And then Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. <laughs> Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. So there's a mighty fight. The battle's raging. Sisera runs off. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just condensing this little chapter. They start winning. Sisera runs, jumps out of his chariot, runs away, terrified. And then meanwhile, verse 17, Sisera ran into the tent of jail, the wife of Heber, Heber the Kenite, because Heber's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hetzor, Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come into my tent, sir, come in, don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said, I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her, if anyone comes and asks if there is anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and a tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. Or hopefully he would die. <laughs> Yesterday I sat with Dallas, our kid's pastor, and we're sitting there talking. And he's like, hey, what are you preaching on? I was like, I'm preaching about jail. He's like, oh, yeah, we don't preach about that on kids' church. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's kind of dark. So like, maybe we should do a series like that. You didn't learn this in kids' church. There's some good stuff in here. Uh, so he died. And Barak came looking for Sisera. Jael went out to meet him and said, come and I will show you the man you're looking for. 
So he followed her into the tent, and she, he found Sisera laying there dead with the tent pegged through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. So some things to look at. Deborah, she was, a, she was a woman of faith. She understood her place. She would sit under the tree of Deborah and dispatch judgment, and she would dispatch wisdom, and she would tell people about the Lord, and she would hear from God, and she was a prophetess. I pray that the Lord would raise up women in his church like Deborah that will speak the truth, that will not be swayed by the cultural norms and intercede on behalf of the people. Deborah the prophet is not only dispensed wisdom, but she also called out prophetically things in people. She prophetically called out to Barak and said, Barak, come, call out, come here. I, God has an assignment for you. And she tells Barak, go find some men, call out some men to, to do this. God has an assignment for them. And she even called out the enemy. We need women of faith that can call out things in people's lives. It's a strong woman who can call out of people what God has placed in them. I've had those women in my life that called out the things that God placed in me. Those women, my mother was one of them. Lena was another one of them. So many women in my life that called out the things of God in me. Even Debbie Phillips back there, she called out so many things in my life. So many times we'd sit in the office and she'd just pour into me and, and pray with me and when I first started in ministry here as the pastor, she, she shared everything with me, and it was, it was beautiful. I have those women in my life that, that are outside of my mother and my wife that can pour into me. Women of faith. My wife pours into me more than anybody. I cherish her prayers. Every Sunday, she's like, hey, you want me to pray with you? I'm like, yes, pray with me. Because when she prays with me, it, it emboldens me. She's calling out the things of God in me. Women, you have a role to call out the things of God in your husbands, in your children, and in the people around you. Moms, call out the children, call out of your children what God has placed in them. Women, call out this generation to the truth of God. You can do that because you have the same spirit living in you, the spirit of the living God. Joel 2.28 says this, then after doing all these things, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. You, like I said, you have just as much right to this ministry as anybody else. God's spirit has been poured into you women. He's been poured into you. He's been poured into you men to do something, an assignment that he has given to you. We need women who will stand up and prophesy and pray and intercede for this generation. We need women that will take their place and say, I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to be like a Deborah. I'm going to sit and I'm going to pray and I'm going to intercede on behalf of the world. Women like Anna. You can read Anna's story in Luke chapter 2. She was praying for the Messiah. Luke writes her account, Anna the prophet. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36, she was a prophet, also was there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phenel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow at the age of, until the age, to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. This woman was an interceder. 
This woman would stand in the gap. This woman would pray and prophesy and stand in the gap for her generation and for her children and her children's children and for the Messiah to come. And then one day, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the children to everyone, to the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Because of Anna's obedience, because she was a woman of prayer, she saw the Messiah. She understood who he was. When he walked into the temple, she knew who he was immediately. And she started proclaiming and prophesying and speaking to the people around her who Jesus was. So my question are, where are the Deborahs? Where are the Annas? They're right here in this room. There's, there's women in here that God is calling to, to do something, that's calling to intercede, that's calling to stand in the gap. There's women that are intercessors who pray, who know how to war in the heavenlies. Where are the warring women? Where are the women of battle and strength? They're right here. I'm so thankful for the Margies in my life. Thank you for being obedient, Margie. I'm thankful for the Debbies in my life, all of them. I got lots of Debbies. I'm thankful for the Lenas. I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for the women of faith. I think of a woman, she's passed on and gone with the Lord. I got to do her funeral. It was an amazing funeral. It was an easy funeral. Some funerals, you got to make stuff up. But this one, I didn't. Her family over and over said, she always prayed for me. She knew that she was a woman of prayer. She would pray so hard that I knew if I did something wrong, God, like God, she would, God would tell somebody <laughs> because she was that good of a prayer warrior. And I remember one night we had a night of worship up there. This woman's 90 years old, frail, tiny. And we're doing a worship night, and she is just praising and jumping and, and singing and, and dancing. This woman was, was worshiping harder than anybody else in the room. And I took a picture of her. I said, this, I want to be like that. When I'm that old, I want to be like that. Still on fire for Jesus. Still doing what God's called me to do. Still staying in the lane that God has called me to stay in. And I sat across all her family members, and every one of them, when they got up, they told stories of how she prayed. One got up and talked about her prayer life. He said, me and my friend were about to walk into the house, and I heard her in there praying in tongues so loudly. Like, my friend's like, what is she doing in there? <laughs> He's like, oh, she's just praying. We don't want to be in there. And he walked out because she was a woman of prayer. She was a woman on her knees. She was a woman that knew her role as an interceder. Margaret Chandler was a powerful woman of prayer. Amen. Let's see more of that. Let's see more women rise up and, and take their call. Women who know their call and they walk in it. Women like Harriet Tubman. If you know anything about Harriet Tubman, she was, she was the person that, she was known as the Underground Railroad. She was, under, she was known as the Moses of the Underground Railroad. To run away from a slave plantation is an act of bravery in itself, but Harriet did the unthinkable when she returned multiple times to lead 70 slaves to freedom and coordinate the escape of 50 more. She served as a scout, a nurse, a spy in the Union Army during the Civil War. Though an unsung hero most of her life, Harriet stayed true to her mission, knowing that she answered to only one master, and he would approve her work. 
That was all that mattered. Harriet knew her calling. She risked her life to bring people to freedom. Women, do you risk your life to bring people to freedom? Women, God wants to use you to bring others to freedom. You just got to step up. I think of women like Amy Simple McPherson. She founded the Foursquare Movement. One reporter wrote this about Amy. Never have I ever heard such language from a human being. Without one moment's intermission, she would talk for an hour and an hour and a half, holding her audience spellbound. Her story goes like this. In 1913, she was 23 years old. She was a daughter of a Salvation Army uh, man, and she was rushed to the hospital with appendicitis, her life hanging in the balance. But for months, the young woman had felt her spiritual life was, going, was in peril. She'd had a deep gnawing sense that God inspected more from her. As she later recounted, her condition deteriorated until a hospital attendant came to move her into a room set apart for the dying. She had a, and so, as they moved her in that place, she struggled to breathe as she heard the nurse say, she's going. She's going. Then she heard another voice. Now will you go? She understood it to mean that she was to choose between going to eternity or going into ministry. She yielded to ministry. Instantly, she said the pain was gone, her breathing eased, and as soon as she regained her strength within a decade of that, the young woman would become an American phenomenon. Though hardly known, she's not known today, but during the 20s, her name appeared on the front page of America's leading newspapers three times a week. Today, as an international church of the Four Square Gospel, that become her legacy. That is her legacy. Many historians, many historians consider her right up there with Billy Sunday and one of the most significant revivalists of our time. Women, God is calling you right now to stand firm, to stand on the truth, to stand for what God stands for. Man, this culture is lost and confused. And, and we can sit here and we can blame a lot of things for it. We can blame a lot of issues for it. But here's the biggest issue, and it can be summed up by this. Godly men sit in passivity, and godly women hide in their shadows. What do I mean by that? There's so many women waiting for men to stand up, and they're not standing up because they're waiting for the men to do something. And there's so many women that God has called to do something, and they're not, they're not sure because they don't, want, they don't want to seem a certain way or feel a certain way. And I'm telling you, godly men, you need to stand up. If you're a godly man, you need to stand up and stop living in passivity. God has called you to a purpose and a plan. He has something for you to do. And your wife is waiting for you to stand up and do it. She's praying for you to stand up and do it. My wife prayed for me to stand up and do it. I was far from God. You know the story. I'll keep telling it because it's beautiful. She prayed for me. She prayed for me. She prayed for me. She had women praying for me. She had a group praying for me. She had a church praying for me. She stood in the gap for me. And because of that, and it's not just her prayers, my mom's prayers, everybody's prayers, I'm up here today. See, here's the thing. Deborah and Barack, they stood side by side, side by side. And when both men and women stand side by side, using the gifts that God has placed in each one of them, Satan trembles and nations change. We need to understand, guys, we're at war and it's all hands on deck. The state of the world is not going to be solved by just a few good men. 
The state of the world is going to be set out by the whole church standing up and doing something about it. Let me remind you in 2 Corinthians, Paul reminds us what our battle is. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For our weapons, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty and pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. God has given us all these mighty tools to wreak havoc on the enemy. JL picked up what she knew. She was a nomad. She knew how to put up a tent. She knew how to drive a stake. So when this man came to her tent and God called her, God gave her the authority to use that tent peg for his glory. She picked it up and you know the story, she drove it through the head of the enemy. I'm telling you guys, men and women alike, God has placed something in your hands to be used to drive the stake into the, the head of the snake, to drive, the, to drive something to stop the forces of evil and darkness. God has called each and every one of us to pick up what we have to use it. Now, I want you to notice what JL didn't use. She didn't pick up Sisera's sword. She didn't pick up a bow and arrow. She didn't pick up a spear. She picked up what she knew, what she was authorized to use. And I think so many of us, we lose oftentimes because we pick up something that we're not authorized to use. And we wonder why we're getting our behinds kicked. And God's telling you, pick up what I've given to you. Walk in the authority that I've placed in your hands. God's simply looking for people that will use what they have been given to squash the works of the enemy. Will you use it? Will you use what God's put in your hand? Fanny Crosby was one of these women. She picked up a pen. She sat down by a piano, and she wrote over 9,000 hymns. One of her songs say this, Oh, what a happy soul I am. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. See, Fanny Francis Jan Crosby was her name. She wrote more than 9,000 hymns, some of which are among the most popular in our denomination, in all the Christian denominations. Blessed Assurance is one of those songs. I love that song. She wrote so many songs, of course, that she used to use, she, she was forced to use many pen names so the hymnals wouldn't be filled with her name above all others. And for most people, the most remarkable thing about her is that she had done this in spite of her blindness. One man said this, I think it's a great pity that the master did not give you sight when he showered so many other gifts upon you. This well-meaning preacher said, but Fanny responded with this, do you know that if I had at birth had been able to make one petition, it would have been that I was born blind because she had lost her sight at the age of six weeks by a quack of a doctor. He had rubbed some stuff in her eyes trying to fix some gook and it, it blinded her at six weeks old. And she said, you know why I would pray that I've been born blind? Because when I get to heaven, the first face that I shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. What has God given you? God gave Fanny this gift 
What gift has God given you to use for the glory of God? And you may be sitting here, I don't have anything. Men and women, you may be saying, I don't have, I don't have anything. God, God didn't give me anything. But let's look at Scripture. Let's look at some examples in the Bible. Mary used what she had to worship and honor Jesus. All she had was some perfume. Martha used her gift of serving for the glory of God. Lydia, one of the women in Acts, used her gift of hospitality, opened her home for the church. The daughters of Philip, the evangelist, one of the first disciples and one of the apostles, his two daughters used their gift of prophecy, and they prophesied about a coming famine. Anna, the prophetess, interceded for the people waiting for the Messiah. Tabitha was one of the first deaconesses. The woman at the well, all she had was a testimony. But I'm telling you, your testimony is the most powerful tool that you have. And when you hide it and you don't use it with the authority that God has given to you, don't, you just miss out on all God has for you. So I'm asking you today, God, women, rise up. <laughs> Take your place. Stop hiding in the shadows. Men, get up. Do something. God has called you to do something. God has placed something in your hand. He gave Moses a staff. He gave, he gave Joshua a sword. What has he given you? What has he given you to do something for the kingdom of God? Let's stop sitting back and letting things happen. And the biggest thing that God has given you is a spirit. And so the question I have for you is, are you going to use it to tear down enemy strongholds? I pray that you would put on the full armor of God and that you'd walk in confidence and see the whole people's come to faith. I think of another woman, Elizabeth Elliot. Her husband was Jim Elliot. They had prayed for these people in Ecuador to know God and, and, to, and, to, and to know Jesus Christ. And if you've seen the movie, The End of the Spear, you know what happens. After many times they met with these, these villagers, they, they flew by and gave them some food. And they, when they landed, they met all the men of the village and they speared them, every one of them. Killed all those men. They're trying to deliver the gospel. Instead of Elizabeth saying, well, these people aren't worthy. They killed my husband. They killed my friends. I'm not going to ever talk to them. She kept in contact with these tribes. And because of her resent, because of her resilience, because of her heart for God, because of the call of God in her life, she made contact with that tribe, and they all have come to faith since. So where are the Elizabeth Elliot's? We're the Fanny Crosbys. We're the women of faith. I think it's awesome that this summer we get to send a team to Ecuador. And I want to think somehow, some way, that we get to share in that partnership with Elizabeth. That those people in Ecuador are going to hear the gospel for maybe the first time. And their lives are going to be changed forever. I love what Elizabeth said. This is what she says. I quote, The fact that I'm a woman doesn't make me a different kind of Christian, but the fact that I'm a Christian does make me a different kind of woman. You are a believer. 
the Spirit of God is in you. You are a different kind of person. And so my question to you is this. Will you war? Will you pray? Will you serve? Will you prophesy? Will you speak truth? God is calling you to pick up a stake and drive it through the enemy's head. Are you going to do that today, women? Christian, if you can come up and just play something. I love the way the message puts our battle. Eugene Peterson writes this beautifully in his paraphrasing of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this, The world's unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way, never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they're for demolishing the entirely massive, corrupt culture. Is our culture corrupt? Oh, without a doubt. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are at ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building the lies of obedience into maturity. So, women, will you war? Men, Will you war? Will you get up and do what God's called you to do? Maybe there's some of you right now, you're like, man, I know God has called me to do this, but I'm so afraid to step out because I don't know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen? God's going to meet you. You know what's going to happen? God's going to do miracles. It may not be the way you think he's going to do it, but he's going to do miracles. God's calling you out today. He's telling you, come on, get back in the game. Stop sitting and passivity, stop hiding in shadows, get out and do what I've called you to do. So here's the, here's the challenge for you today. Honey, if you can go ahead and come up. Thankful for my beautiful wife, Debbie. <laughs> Thank you Now, some of you aren't married. I understand this. But I'm asking you today, will you stand side by side and make war on the enemy? Will you stand by side, side by side, men and women both, doing what God has called you to do? Will you stand by somebody's side and use God's tools to change a generation, to break down strongholds, Will you war? Will you be men and women of war? If that's you, I want you to stand up. Let's, let's do war together. And I asked my wife to, to pray over you women today and, and to bless you and to even prophesy over you, speak some life into you. And so... I'm going to turn this over to my wife now, and I'm going to get out of her way. If you'll bow your heads with me and pray, please. 
Father God, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for all you're doing, God. Thank you for what you've called, called in our lives, God. And Lord, I just want to pray over each and every lady, young and old here, God, that you would rise up within us, God, who you've called us to be. Lord, the warriors, God, that you would help us stand our ground. God, that you would help just give us more knowledge of you. Give us more of all you have for us, God. God, I pray that as women, young and old, God, that we would pray bold prayers. God, we would pray for our spouses. We would pray for our children. We would pray for our families. God, we would pray for our friends, for our coworkers. God, wherever we are, whatever stage of life we're in, whatever moment we're in, God, that you would just help us, God. Pray those bold prayers. God, help us stand our ground. God, right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray the helmet of salvation. God, that you would renew our minds. Give us clear thinking, God. When the enemy comes to confuse us and tells us things that are not from you, God, that you would remind us, God, of who you have called us to be, who you have said we are. God, for the blessed breastplate of righteousness, God, that no weapon formed against me can prosper. No weapon formed against any lady in here can prosper, God. Lord, you are there. God, for the belt of truth, God, let us stand firm in the truth of your word, God. God, let us continue to seek your word, God, and stand firm in that truth. God, let us be fitted with those shoes of the gospel of peace. God, that we may walk in confidence, God. Whatever situation we walk into, whatever room we walk into, whatever, wherever we walk, God, that we're walking in that confidence, knowing, God, you have placed us here for a reason and for a purpose, God, and that we would be there. God, for the shield of faith, God, put out those flaming arrows from the enemy. God, you know they come at us from every way, God, and I pray you would strengthen us, God. Give us that shield reinforce it, God. Lord, I thank you for that. God, for the sword of the Spirit. Lord, when the enemy comes against us telling us those lies that we can't do it, that you're not good enough, that you're not old enough, or you're, not, you're too young, whatever it is, God. Lord, that you would cut through those lies, God, with your word and let us know what you've called us to be. Lord, I just pray right now, God, for each and every woman in here, young and old, God, that they would be, that we would pray in the spirit, God, that we would break down any strongholds, anything that places itself against us and the will of God in our families, in our lives, God, that you would just help us to break those strongholds, Lord. God, I thank you for each and every person in here, God. God, give us that strength to take out that step of faith, God, to go where you're calling us, God. Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. God has called you. God has equipped you. God has given you a task. I pray that you pick it up and that you march knowing that he's with you. Don't give up. Don't give up. The battle's strongest right, right before the breakthrough. Don't give up. Keep fighting. God's with you. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I just want you to sit down for a minute. I want to do something real special. You can bring that. Hey, Debbie Phillips, can you come up here? Do you mind coming up here? 
Now, Debbie has served so faithfully um, for so many years. Um, yeah. I'll come down there. But uh, she has been our treasurer. She has been our secretary. She was my secretary. She didn't, she was the cheapest secretary I ever had, but the best. Um, she did it on a volunteer basis. And she poured into me so many times I would come in and she's like, what's wrong, honey? And, and I would tell her and she would pour some life into me. So I'm so thankful for her. And uh, she's one of my spiritual moms. And we love you. Aww. And so on behalf of the church and the leadership, we want to go ahead and give you these gifts. I don't know if you want to hold that big thing or not. And we gave you a card and a nice place to go eat dinner. And we just want to say thank you for your service. And I want to pray for her because you know, the reason she had stepped down is her arthritis is getting really bad. And I just want to pray healing over her body. Can we do that? Father God, I thank you for Debbie. I thank you for her. Her legacy, God. Her love for people. Her love for the youth of this church, God. She's done so much for this church, for these people. And God, I pray that you bless her. Lord, I just pray healing in her body right now. God, that every joint would loosen. That pain would leave in the name of Jesus. God, I pray healing over her body right now, God. Lord, I pray that she'd be able to play the piano again. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her love. I thank you for her, God, what she means to me in this church. God, I thank you for Debbie. Thank you for healing her body. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thankful.